Hey guys, Joe here with the Modern Heathen Man. I hope we're meeting you well. Today is a new week and we're going to begin to talk about our symbols and what our symbols mean to us, how we wear them, what we do with them, and what they mean, actually, period. So let's begin our talk a little bit. But before we do, I'd like to go ahead and I'd like to start with our prayer. And give me a moment here. And I will read from our Havnel as well. Gods and goddesses, Aesir and Vanir, thank you for the blessings you have given me. Thank you for being with me. I ask you to continue to bless me and be by my side. I ask you to help me to face the decrees of the Norns with courage, honor, and frith. And I ask you to help me do the best that I can for my faith, my ancestors, my family, and my kindred. This day, every day, and always. Grant me wisdom, honor, strength, and frith to continue to bring honor to you and my ancestors. Hail the gods. Let's read from our have them all today. Let's see what we're going to read. So I'm going to read number 84. Breaking bow or flaring flame. Ravening wolf or croaking raven. Routing swine or rootless tree, waxing wave or seething cauldron. We read a different uh, thing of that. A bow cracking, a fire burning bright, a howling wolf, a crow cawing, a pig squealing, a tree without roots, smoke rising, a pot boiling. In this, I think he's talking about all the things he likes. And if we think about all these things, in the time that these were written, this sounds almost like home. You know, a bow cracking, a fire burning bright, a howling wolf outside, crow calling at your window in the morning, a pig squealing to tell you he's hungry to wake you up. The tree without roots may be you because you're wandering from place to place and you're hearing these things. Smoke rising from the fire you're starting for breakfast and a pot boiling. It's almost time to eat or drink what you're going to have. So I think in that one, he's remembering home a bit and telling us what's important in life. That those things that we take for granted daily are things we would miss if we didn't have. You know, Odin being the great wanderer got to do a lot of that and got to, you know, see what he was missing a lot. And he would end up longing for that. So maybe that's what he's writing about there. Maybe it's that there's no place like home kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Clicking your heels together and trying to get back. But, you know, it's really smart that he put that there. So that's my own interpretation. If you have a different interpretation, please uh, put it on here. Email me at themodernheathenman at gmail.com. Tell me what you think, or uh, look me up on Facebook under The Modern Healing Man. Um, Just put your own thoughts there, your own ideas. Um, I'm going to tell you to grab yourself a mug of coffee, grab yourself a horn of ale, grab yourself a horn of meat or whatever you'd like to drink. Sit down, relax. Me and my wife, Kelly Day, are going to talk about our symbols, uh, what they mean to us, what they should mean to us as heathens, how we wear them, where we take them, and what we do with them. So... Sit back and relax, snuggle up, grab a chair, or play me on your radio, and I'll be right back to go over that with you. Thanks for listening.
Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse, and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night, and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. We'll find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Hey guys, I'm back and thanks for joining us. So I'm here with my wife again today and we're going to be talking about our symbols, what they mean to us and you know how we use them and everything else. And I'm going to begin with the most common symbol that everybody knows. Right off the bat, we're going to talk about our Molniers. Um, the Thor's hammer that we wear around our neck, the Thor's hammer that we see everybody have um, that are into heathenry or Satru. Um, what it means, where it comes from, how do we use it, what do we use it for. I mean, there's been plenty of these Thor's hammers found in graves and other things that we know that they are a something that they wore in the Viking Age or the Bronze Age, whatever you want to call it. Um, we know about Thor. You know, his name goes back. It's a thunder god. He used his hammer, which was the most mighty weapon in Asgard, to destroy the frost giants, keep Asgard up protect the human race. We tell our kids, you know, when it's thundering, that's Thor because he's hitting that hammer. I came across a really nice saying, um, this historian Hilda Roderick Ellis Davidson um, summarized the hammer. And she said, it would seem indeed as though the power of the thunder God symbolized by his hammer extend over all that had to do with the well-being of the community. It covered birth, marriage and death, burial and cremation, ceremonies, weapons and feasting, traveling, land taking, and the making of oaths between men. The famous weapon of Thor was not only the symbol of the destructive power of the storm and of the fire from heaven, but also a protection against the force of evil and violence. Without it, Asgard could no longer be guarded against the giants and the men relied on it also to give security and to support the rule of law. That to me is incredible how that is there. I, I, I just can't imagine doing a ceremony without the hammer 
And the way she describes it there is absolutely true. I mean, we hallow our our area before we begin anything, our circles, our anything we do is hallowed with the hammer prior to doing it. That's the beginning of all of our ceremonies. Um, and the symbol we use to bring us protection. Well, and going along with that, even in our courts of law and things today, you know, everything starts and ends with the gavel. Yeah, which is the hammer, exactly. And, you know, that's another symbol of, uh, you know, this is, it says in there about law, and this is a part of the law. That's where we get it from, mm-hmm. I think, is because, you know, you've got that hammer that says this is the beginning and the end, and this is what we say here is law. What we say here is the end of it. This is what we this is what we do. This is what we're going to do. So the hammer involves that too. It's a symbol of doing what you say you're going to do. Right, and it's also a symbol of finality and security. I mean, when you go to when you go to court and the judge sees in your favor and he slams that gavel against that desk, that's the end of it. This is the end of what's happening. It's the finality and the structure that we've come to notice and once that's done it's done there's no more going back to it um it's the end of it it's been sealed with the hammer and that's it um so that that's the first symbol now we wear this around our neck you know should the question a lot of people ask you know not only is this some of protection strength consecration integrity of customs and traditions who should we be giving a hammer to? How should they be wearing the hammer? What is the, is there any protocols for the hammer? We look at a lot of Christians who wear their hammer, their hammers, pardon me, their crosses as just symbols of their faith. And we do kind of the same thing. Um, and just like a Christian to us, it means something more than just a symbol. It means that, you know, we're under the protection of Thor, that we are um, given that protection of him. But the question is, do we venerate him while we're wearing that? Do we show him honor while we're wearing that? So a lot of times when we're wearing our Thor's hammer and we're showing out, we have to remind ourselves that we need to show honor to that symbol as well. It's not just that that symbol protects us and gives us the things that we want. We also need to honor it and show it honor and show it off in the sense that we do it honor. So when we're dealing with other people, as we're wearing our Thor's hammer, the minute we do something incorrect or as perceived to be incorrect, anybody wearing a Thor's hammer, they're going to consider does the exact same thing. So just like with Christians, you know, if you wear a cross and you're out there at a, uh, I don't know, at a bar, getting in the bar fights all the time, you're wearing a cross, people are going to be like, what the heck, man, you're wearing a cross and you're in a bar fight. You know? For me, it's, it's, it's also a reminder of the nine noble virtues to remind myself of those as I'm wearing it. You know, how I deal with people on an everyday basis. Do I follow those nine noble virtues? Am I persevering? You know, am I persevering? Am I being self-reliant? Am I being honest and trustworthy and honorable and, and courageous? Bringing all of those about, it's a reminder of those as well. Right. You know, and then on the other side of that, I I have to say this. The other day, <clears throat> I was out doing something, and I was with a couple of friends, and uh, we were parked at a gas station. And while we're at the gas station, we're getting ready to leave, and I see a gentleman um, standing there, and on his calf is a beautiful tattoo of a Molnir. I mean, just one of the nicest tattoos I've seen of a Molnir in a long time. 
So I instantly assumed the man was heathen. I walk over to him. I said, hey, that's a wonderful looking Molnir. It's really great work. Where'd you get it done? You know, and he looked at me and said, the what? I said, the Molnir you have on your leg. The man looks at me real seriously and goes, yeah, I have a lot of, of uh, Marvel tattoos on my body. And he begins to show me Avengers tattoos and Wolverine tattoos. I'm like, yeah, but that's a Molnir. You're practicing heathen, right? And he's like, what? wait, what? And I point at the hammer on his calf. And he looks at it and goes, oh, no, that's for the, the Thor. I'm like, right. It's And I pull out mine. I say it's a religious symbol. That's for heathenry. And the man looked at me like I was speaking in Latin to him. He just didn't understand that it was an actual religion that used this symbol. And, you know, it boggled his mind. And as much as I like that Marvel's putting Thor out there in the same token, I have to wonder is, you know, are people beginning to use our symbols for things that they're not supposed to be used for? Now, we already know of some of those people, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but <clears throat> the idea that he had this Thor's hammer and I went to speak to him as a heathen, and he looked at me like I was crazy. It's just something that, that boggled my mind. Now, on the other hand of that, my wife, she works at a gas station, and she was in the gas station one day, and I'll let you tell that story. So um, I had been having a difficult day, but there was a, a gentleman that came in, and he's one of our truck drivers that brings us our gas and our fuel, and he had a huge tattoo of Odin on his forearm. And he actually is a practicing heathen. We got the conversation started with, I love your Molnir because I wear mine all the time. It's part of me now. And he, he got the conversation started with that. And he ended up like being really interested in our kindred and talking to my husband for, I think, almost an hour straight about, yeah, yeah. about Asatru and our faith and how he thought he was alone here. And, and it's actually... That's not the, the only person we've come across like that, that we've accidentally stumbled on with our faith because they don't wear the symbols of it, but they belong to the faith and they recognize it. Right. One of my favorite things is when I, a couple times I've been like in Walmart or something and somebody will see the hammer and they'll say, oh, that's a really, really unique cross. I've never seen one like that before. And it's just funny because I said, well, you know, it's it's not a cross. It's actually a Thor's hammer, or we call it a Molnir, and it represents the god Thor and the protection that he gives me. And they just go, oh, okay, have a good day. <laughs> and they leave me alone. But it's kind of funny, you know, but as a symbol, it's the first one that we wear, and it's usually the first one that we get um, in heathenry. So, you know, addressing that, we, we need to wear it with pride. But we also need to understand that when we're out there, we're representing every heathen that there is, you know, especially while wearing our Molniers in the open. Um, we need to keep that in mind and how we represent that and how we represent the gods, how we represent our ancestors, how we represent those that have come before us that have worn that and those that will come after us that wear it. Um, so we need to be um, on top of that. When we come back, we'll hit a couple more symbols and we'll talk about some of those Symbols that we can't use today because people have taken and used inappropriately. Um, give us a few moments. Get something to drink. Take a break for a few moments. We'll be right back. Thanks, guys.
Hey guys, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I wanted to tell you about this great new place that I found. It's a really safe place for heathens of all walks. Um, it's called the International Satra Foundation. They have their own social network platform called the Roots of Yggdrasil. And the International Satra Foundation is an organization that is dedicated to the preservation, growth, and advancement of Germanic paganism. They build networks, share knowledge, and gather in pursuit of common goals. As an organization, they operate at the kindred level and encourage you to explore and ask questions throughout that time frame. Their vision is easy. It's heathens from every walk of life working together for a common goal, the reveal and continued practice of Germanic paganism for everyone worldwide. The things that they're doing are really exciting. They strive to help you understand heathenry better and the different paths of heathenry and Germanic paganism. They educate the public about the faith. They gather to share knowledge, build reputable resources for learning, and work towards common goals set by the community itself. They're working on starting a whole school program to make very good educated Gothi and working on a program specifically for our warriors. Everyone is free to walk their paths as he or she wills, but I'm telling you, this is the greatest place to go. It's a safe haven for heathens. If you're tired of all that Facebook banter and getting banned and going to Facebook jail all the time, they have their own social media network where you're safe to talk about heathenry all day long with other heathens. They're really specific on who they let in there, and it's only heathens talking with heathens. That's all there is to it. So go ahead and check it out. Their address is asatru.org with the real spelling with the hashtags above the A and the U. So make sure to go ahead and check them out, and uh, hopefully we'll see you join there, the International Satru Foundation. Thanks, guys. Okay, guys, we're back, and thank you for joining us. I apologize about the delay. So let's talk about the next symbol, and that symbol is the Volknot, or the Volknot, whichever we're going to call it. There's a couple different ways to say it. I know they sound about the same, but um, there's a couple different ways to say it. Um, this knot is controversial. This knot is not considered to be in our pantheon, to be honest with you. Um, it is found in some older segments in archaeology, but not too many, and it's usually associated with death or burial of some type like that. Today, though, the Volknot, which is the three triangles that are interconnected and looks almost like a triquetra reversed, um, is a symbol of a satru. Um, usually when you see anything that has to do with a satru, you'll see the Volknot um, representing it. It's a it's a common symbol, but what it actually represents, they believe, is the idea that Odin has the ability to bind you to death or bind you back to life. And that brings up another controversial question um, in North mythology is whether or not it believes in reincarnation. Some of the stuff I've read says that it does allow for reincarnation, but only within the same family line. Some of the stuff I read says it doesn't allow for reincarnation. Again, um, heathenry is a religion of learning, studying, and um, getting to know different things. So, And it's our own personal paths, once again. So if you believe in that, you believe in that. If you don't, you don't. Um, again, but the Volknot is a symbol that is tied with Thor, tied with death, and tied with life. Um what do you think when you see it, Kel? One of the things that I recently saw, and this is where I kind of found 
So I look at it as that, that it's finding your own way, finding your own path, and a symbol of finding your path. Right. And, you know, I find it ironic. It's only, it's only found one place in our whole um, collection of books, and that's in the Huld or the Icelandic collection um, of spells. And it says nothing about it other than, if this sign is carried, one will never lose one's way in storms or bad weather, even when the way is not known. Um, but for only being shown once, it's got people gravitated to it to the point that, um, I mean, it's on my bowl for offering. I've seen people with tattoos of it. I've seen it offered as many different things. Um, jewelry. Jewelry. Um, pretty much anything that you've seen with, with a Viking symbology has this on it. And, and I think it is that if the sign is carrying, one will never look, lose away in storms or bad weather, even when the way is not off. It is that pathway. It is that connection to the world for all of us that we found our path, we found our way, and this is a way to keep on that way, to keep on that path that we found. So it's a map, it's a guide, it's a compass, it encompasses all of that for us. Right. And I do like it. It's it's really um, eye-pleasing. It's something that's nice. And it definitely says something about it that is Norse or heathen, in all honesty. Even the, the bind runes that are on the end of it, you know, you can see different rune staves in there and stuff um, in those binding runes that mark the way for different ways. I do enjoy this one quite a bit. Um, again, chime in. It's called the Veglasir. It's the, uh, the they have it as a Viking symbol or the Viking compass or the Norse compass. Um, so let us know what you think of this one. Because um, this one's pretty cool, actually. I, I really like this one. Um, the next one is the Helm of Awe. Now, the Helm of Awe is almost like the Veglasir. Um, a little different though it does use one of the i think it's one of the points of the big this year there looks like the helm of all to be honest not with quite. you it's not, not quite, quite yeah um this is one of those ones that we have to be careful of how we use it though yeah this has been taken this is one of those symbols we're going to start talking about those symbols a little bit that have been taken but this one's still in the um it's in a gray area but yeah use it you know as as a hate symbol or whether you use it just as a representation of your faith it's kind of in that gray area and you have to be really careful of how you use this one right now the poetic edda it says that the helm of awe i wore before the sons of men in defense of my treasure amongst all i alone was strong i thought to myself for i found no power a match for my own. And that was for the dragon, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he wore the helm of law. So that's one of the, like, again, that's one of those things. It depends on how you wear it. It depends on what it means to you. Right. Um, in the Icelandic collection um, folktale, um, you have the thing that tells you how to use it. It says, make a helm of all in lead, press the lead sign between the eyebrows and speak the formula. Um, Igis Jalmar Er Eg Bear Mili Bruna Mir. I bear the helm of all between my brows. Thus a man could meet his enemies and be sure of victory. So I think that's actually read as lead. 
I think you're making a lead brand and you're branding it into your head as a warrior. So this is like a warrior symbol then too. Yeah, I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think you're almost hot branding it into your head yeah. for permanence, you know? Yeah. I don't think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, the linguist Stephen Flowers noted um, some things about it. He said this helm of awe was originally a kind of sphere of magical power to strike fear into the enemy. It was associated with the power of serpents to paralyze their prey before striking, hence the connection with Fafnir. The Helm of Awe, as described in the manuscript, the Galdbrook, is a power centered in the pineal gland and emulating from it and the eyes. In Aristotle, in the Neoplatonism, sorry, Neoplatonism. sources, yeah, Neoplatonism, sources from much medieval magic, the spirit connects to the body via the pineal gland, and the eyes emit rays of spiritual power. It is symbolized by a cross-like configuration, which in its simplest form is made up of what appears to be either four younger M runes or older Z runes. These figures can, however, become very complex. So we look at it and we see all the runes that are within it. And we, um, again, it's a bind rune, so it's protection for us. We believe in the power of bind runes and we continue to believe in the power of bind runes. And this one is definitely, the Helm of Law is a bind rune. It's binding security, it's binding power, it's binding sending up fear. For, for the, the bearer of it and also that symbol of fear. So I, I this is more of a warrior around to me, somebody who goes out and, and fights and, and is out there protecting things. So this would be something for, like, our soldiers or something to wear, I think, is more – it's aesthetically pleasing. I like the way it looks, but it's not for me. It's not something that I would ever wear or anything because I'm not that type of person. I'm the nurturer. I'm the one who takes care of everybody. So – you know, the hell of a lot would not do any good for me because, you know, who am I going to stand off? Yeah, it's more of a warrior shambles <laughs> than anything, yeah. So that's, that's how I feel about that one. Okay, guys, we're going to take a break here for a moment. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about those symbols um, that we cannot use anymore, the symbols that were made up and some other stuff that people believe are our symbols. Um, but definitely, when we come back, we'll talk about those, and I will see you in a moment. Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and... Um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small DD poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40. 7 to 8 inches for $45. 9 to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Baldr, Bragi, Hemdal, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, 
Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Okay, guys, me and my wife are back, and we're going to begin talking about a few of the symbols that um, people have taken that we're no longer able to really use. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about is the most obvious is the swastika. Um, that used to be a sun wheel or a symbol of, you know, prosperity and, you know, the, the running wheel of the year and things of that nature. But we know... We know what it's been used for. We understand what it's been used for. And, you know, there's a point where we want to take that symbol back. But in the same token, it's been so... Damaged. Yeah, it's been so damaged by the way that people have used it that there's almost no way to take it back. So we have to kind of leave it behind. Um, we're not the only culture that have used the swastika, obviously. It's been used in a couple of different cultures. But we're all in the same boat there because of one culture they used it for its things and the, the way it acts and things of that nature but so we've lost that symbol and you know there's a few other symbols that we've lost um, recently uh, I saw somebody with a Othal symbol that was in flames and I've come to find out that that's been being used for um, different purposes that are not good and not right and not supposed to be used for that. Well, and, they think they're using it the right way. Well, they do, correct. They, they believe they're using it the right way. Um, and the, the other one we have is the um, double cycle, which is the two lightning bolts that was used by the uh, German SS. Again, our symbols, but not used properly. So when we're on public and people see some of these symbols, they misconstrue them and they think that we're those people. And it's even gotten to the point where there are symbols on our Thor's hammers or, you know, that can be incorporated in our Thor's hammers that we have to watch out very carefully for because if you're not paying attention when you're buying one or looking at one, you know, there could be that double cycle on there or there could be that oval that's, you know, done incorrectly on there. And you could be misconstrued as somebody that you don't want to be. Right. And this is where, you know, in modern heathenry, we really have to begin to get out there and educate um, our friends and family, the people around us that, these symbols that we wear are not symbols of hate. They're symbols of an ancient religion that we follow, a path that we believe that we're led on, and that we do not subscribe to hurting or harming other people just out of any reason whatsoever. Um, this is the hardest part of modern heathenry that we have, is that we have to separate ourselves from other people who believe that they are doing the right thing in their world, but in reality are just harming our relationships with other people and harming um, other relationships and things of that nature. 
Um, they believe the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and they're a little squeaky, so they keep getting um, grease. But we also have to teach our children to look out for those, to see them for what they are, to see those symbols and not associate them with those bad things. Um, again, that's the hardest part of modern heathenry um, is doing that. Um, there's so many more symbols that um, even the Vegasir has been used. Yeah, well, yeah, the Vegasir and the Hophelum are far too old yeah. to used widely. Um, in fact, I saw something on Wish the other day, and I was looking, and I was like, oh, I really like that. And my husband was like, no, you don't want that because it, it has those connotations of what we don't want to be right. perceived as. And I was like, oh, well, that's unfortunate because it had some, like, two symbols that mean a lot to me in there. Right, right. So we have to be really particular about how we purchase these symbols, how we use them, when we use them, where we use them, because we don't want to portray to people that we're not something that we're not. Um, that'll just cause problems later. And again, this comes in the study and education portion of it that I've been talking about quite a bit with modern heathenry. We, we always have to be on our toes, and I know that sounds really crazy and I know this sounds really erratic and it sounds strange to some people but we have to always be on our toes and always be ready to answer for the things that we wear because of people misusing those things um, you know Christians not so much anymore but um, there's other religions that have to do the same thing and it's just a bad a bad thing that people do so this week we're going to touch on each of these um, more specifically um, touch on what they mean, how we use them, when we use them, and just what they mean to me and how um, I've come to recognize them and see them for what they are and a little bit of study into what they are and how how I use them and how we use them in our family and how we portray them to other people. So we'll, we'll touch on that a bit and uh, touch on some other stuff. I'm trying to get my kids to come in and talk a little bit about like wearing Air Force hammer, how they feel with it and stuff, but they're kind of shy about that. So um, anyway, I look forward to talking to you this week about this stuff and uh, hope you can join us for these talks with my wife and I. I might have a few other visitors on from my kindred and have them talk about some symbols or some other things this week. But uh, yeah. You want to add anything, Kel? No, I think I'm good. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, we might talk about tattoos this week and how we tattoo these on the us and um, what we want tattoo done, what we don't want tattoo done, and go from there. So, guys, I look forward to talking to you. Thanks for joining me, and uh, have a great day. Mm -hmm.